You would please turn your Bibles with me to the book of Acts, chapter 14. You'll remember that Jesus had commanded his apostles to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature, as Mark records in chapter 16 and in verse 15. And that's exactly what they begin to do. They begin to go everywhere, and it wouldn't be very long until the gospel had spread to the uttermost parts of the earth. Sometimes where they went, the word was not listened to, was not accepted, was not believed, and yet other places there were great results. And sometimes where they went, seeds were planted, other times they were watered, and of course God allowed them to grow. But here in Acts chapter 14, we find a, a few places where there was a full house. There were two individuals that went to three different places. Next, chapter 14, beginning in verse 21, we are reading about Paul and Barnabas. We're told that when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. You can see that quite a lot was done by a few people. And I'd like for us to look briefly at the things that they had accomplished. First, in verse 22, we're told that they strengthened the souls of the disciples. Now, as we all have a soul, there are times in which it needs to be strengthened. One of the reasons that we not the week, but also on hump day, as some call it, the peak of the week, perhaps by others, on Wednesday evening, not only to study the Word of God, but also to encourage each other. Even Jesus commanded his disciples to do that very thing. In the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 22, there in verse 32, he prayed for his disciples that they would strengthen their brethren. They too knew that it was important to encourage, to give strength to others. Now, obviously, we cannot find our strength in ourselves alone, but there is someone that we all share in common. Paul told the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is Christ that strengthens us, and we learn more about Him. We are certainly strengthening our very souls. But next, he says, they exhorted them to continue in the faith. We all need encouragement to continue in the faith. That was one of the reasons that Jude had written his letter. You recall there in verse 3 of his letter, he encouraged Christians to contend earnestly for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And also Paul to the Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 27 said, 
to strive together for the faith of the gospel. The faith that comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. The faith that is necessary in order for us to come to God. The faith that must be shown. The faith that must be shared. But then we find they said, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. If one is going to enter the kingdom of God, he must endure many tribulations. Just as Christians were to contend earnestly for the faith, they were being persecuted, just as we may be persecuted. And we have to remember that no matter what we must face, we must remain faithful even till the very end. Just as we read in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Be thou faithful even until death, and I'll give thee the crown of life. Paul reminded Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 12, very faithful saying. He says that if we endure, we shall also reign with him. We think of the things that Christ endured and how he overcame. How? Because he died, he was buried and rose again. And how if we give our lives to him? sacrificing the cares and tribulations of this world, we too can have eternal life in heaven with him. But then there was something else that they began to do. In verse 23, we're told that they had appointed elders in every church. When we find the various churches that were established in the different places where the gospel was spread, we find indeed that there were various needs that were met. And especially in Paul's letter to Titus, there in chapter 1 and in verse 5, Paul explained to him, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and to appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Wherever he was, especially we are told there in Crete, there were things that were lacking, and he was to set everything in order. Put it all together just as God had designed. One such need was the appointment of elders. And succeeding in verses 6 and following, and also in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul gave qualifications of what elders were to meet, how they were supposed to conduct themselves, and the work in which they were to conduct. But then in Acts chapter 14 and in verse 23, we find also that they had prayed with fasting. Perhaps we know a little bit more about prayer, how Christians are to pray without ceasing, how we are to pray for one another, how there are things that we know what we should pray for but do not know how, and one makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Sometimes we find that prayer also is accompanied by fasting. For example, in Matthew chapter 17, you'll recall that beginning in verse 14 and following, 
there was a man that brought an epileptic son to Jesus' disciples. And he had tried to get them to heal him, but for some reason, and when they began to ask Jesus about this, in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 17, Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Sometimes when a person would fast, he would do so to appear to others to be fasting. But of course Jesus said this should not be so. Remember that even the things that are done in secret would be rewarded openly. But there is another context in which prayer is associated with fasting. And that was found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. As Paul is talking about the relationships, especially between men and women, and even more specifically, even within marriage, he said in verse 5, Do not deprive one another, except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Prayer and fasting sometimes is used to help to strengthen the brethren. Knowing that if there is an important task one is about to undergo, it would encourage one to become very, very strong. When you think about Jesus and how there was a period of time in which he fasted, he was soon tempted to turn stones to become bread. But Jesus was strong, wasn't he? He was able to overcome that temptation. And thus, because he is able to overcome, certainly we are able through him. But then finally, there's one other thing that we're told Paul and Barnabas had done. We're told there in verse 23 that they commended the brethren to the Lord. The disciples, those that were following the teaching of Christ, those that were related to them through the blood of Jesus. They were to be commended because of the things in which they were doing. Can you imagine how wonderful it would be to be commended before God? We're told that it's not man that commends men, but rather commends them in order for things to be worth their while. But note what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 20. He said, For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. No doubt as the gospel was being preached to them, it was observed that they had listened, that they had heard, that they had believed. And certainly they were willing to endure many hardships that would face their way. The example that they had set had been noticed. 
and therefore they were commended for their efforts even before God. When you think about the good that two people can do in three cities, and no doubt even more places, perhaps it would be an encouragement even to all of us. Perhaps there is some good that we too can do. Whoever we are, wherever we are, we can do good works. Tonight, if you're not a Christian, this is the perfect opportunity to become one. If you need to respond to the invitation, if you need to repent of your sins or ask the prayers of the church, we invite you to come as together we stand and sing.